And welcome back to the I-20 Hoops Connection. Marcus Burnett joined by right hand Chad Cook of Augusta Basketball. Chad, how's it going this morning, man? It's going great. You know, I'm really excited because the games are here. And it was a great one this week. Great I-20 action. Great AUG B-ball action. And I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I got to thinking the previews and the stuff that like I, I know I tend to put up before the games start, they're fun. Sometimes they can be a little bit of a stretch, like you're searching for an interesting topic. But once those games start, there are no, there's no more need to search for interesting topics because they're right there in front of you. And that one that you guys did Wednesday was an instant classic in my book. It was a great one. The one we're referring to is Miller Grove versus East Jackson. We made the trip to Commerce, Georgia. Yes, that's where East Jackson is. Had a ton of people texting me that day saying, hey, what, you know, what city is it in? Uh, but Drew Drennan and those guys are making sure that city is well known. But agreed, Chad, the atmosphere was awesome. It did not feel like a scrimmage game. And you mentioned when you preview something how, you know, you, you, you're sort of stretching because at the end of the day, of the day a preview is sort of a, predict, a, a prediction that kind of lays out the current facts. But it's not like you're talking about the actual action. This one lived up to some of the, the pre-buzz and a lot of the uh, the communication going around it beforehand. What were some of the things that made it such a great game for you to watch? We appreciated you tuning in on SUV TV. Yeah, well, you know, first I'll say, obviously, um, you know, it, it, the final score wasn't close. But everything about it was great because, number one, it's November 11th. And you have Miller Grove scoring 94 points. And... Uh, you know, so they, they're in mid-season offensive form, from what I can tell. Um, Brandon nailed it, talking about how they're probably Georgia's best team and one of the top 25 teams in the country. I hope I, I heard that correctly, and I agree with it, based on what I saw. Because East Jackson, I, can't, I, I won't be convinced that there's more than a handful of teams that have that much talent yeah. in, in our state, regardless of classification. So, so for Miller Grove to do that, the, the individual um, uh, performances and your broadcast, you and Brandon, um, everything about it, it was, it was just a great Wednesday night in Georgia hoop action. You know, and I think a big part of that is I think if you really know the Georgia basketball landscape and you've been able to see some of the individual pieces for East Jackson uh, play outside of the high school s- segment as well as on the Miller Grove side, then you really had the right expectations going into this matchup. I don't think many expected East Jackson to beat Miller Grove, just knowing, uh, you know, how you've got Autry Gilbert there, um, and they're also bringing in a young nucleus under uh, Coach Charmin White. So you knew it was going to be a tough game for East Jackson to win. I think what you wanted to see is you wanted to see how East Jackson would respond to the challenge of being able to play a team that's in championship mode as soon as the season starts, whether it's November 11th or whether it's February 11th, you're going to get the same type of Miller Grove approach. And I think East Jackson checked more than a few boxes, even though that one got away towards the end of that one. I think in terms of the intensity that they matched early on and it being a learning tool for Drew Drennan and company, I think that Coach David Boyd can walk away saying, you know what, we're not ready yet, but we're going to be there by the end of the season. For sure. And he, put, he said that on Twitter the morning of the game. Don't judge us by, by how we play tonight. Judge us how we play in February. And the fact that they are uh, – correct me if I'm wrong, but Drennan, Anderson, and Lamont Smith are all either freshmen or sophomores. They're sophomores, correct. They're all sophomores. Okay. And, 
and and those guys. And so it makes perfect sense that they that they uh, you know couldn't sustain 32 minutes on November 11th against that championship squad that they faced. But two different times in the first half they fought back. Once down 18 to nine, they had a five point possession. Drennan really started attacking, and then Miller Grove built another lead, 31-19. Next thing you know, another run. Again, Drennan, what a player he is. Yeah. And, and next thing you know, it's 40-37 to 37 going into the half. And and true enough, they, it wasn't sustained for 32 minutes. But you can just see all kinds of uh, uh, you know things that both teams, uh, that, that would make one optimistic about both teams' future for sure. Agree. Uh, the, the value of a scrimmage game is that when you look at it over the, the body of work, the course of a season, a lot of times it's not that one result on that one night. It's us being able to look when uh, they're playing in the on-the-radar hoops invitational in January and they go up against Grayson, Travis Anderson's, I want to say his former team. He was going to be there this year prior to moving on out to East Jackson. And you're able to look at some of the takeaways and some of the adjustments that we saw them needing to make in that scrimmage game, we see how they've made some some of those adjustments, how they've gelled a little bit better, uh, how they're you know adding some of the pieces that they were missing the other night. So, on top of being great entertainment in the present, I think those early games really provide a great vantage point for being able to compare how teams get better over the course of a season. You know, touch base with Travis Anderson and Drew Drennan even after directly after that game, and they were looking at some things that they could have done uh, differently. So, very self aware think that's going to bode well for these young guards as they continue to get better and add a point to where they can uh, feel like they're in a similar shoe as an Altariq Gilbert in terms of being a senior, not their first rodeo, and really feeling like they can kind of take it to some of the young guns the way Altariq was able to there on that night with a cool 25. Yeah, you know, um, real quick I'll say that both those coaches half off for them for not only playing such a tough scrimmage game, but opening it to the entire world via SUV TV. Um, that is the way you do it. Hats off to them. But you mentioned, I got you know, I've talked about Drew, but this Altariq Gilbert is special. Um, have you seen this Atlanta TV, uh, what is it, Atlanta Hoops TV or whatever? Uh, the picture. It, 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 have you seen that picture? Yes. We just, just retweeted oh. it about 10 minutes ago. My God, that is an amazing. You know, his head's up on the rim, um, and and what is that account on Instagram and Twitter? So we so I get it right. Uh, Atlanta Hoops TV. Yeah, perfect, uh, perfect picture. He's blocking what Travis Anderson shot, I think, or maybe about to, and his head is up on that rim, and he he's unbelievable. He made uh, uh, he, he answered uh, Anderson's three on the first possession. He and then I guess he said something to the student section, which is kind of cool in my mind um, based on what you guys say about his, his demeanor and how cool of a character he is. But anyway, he uh, and then he made a three uh, later to, to answer, I think it was the five-point run. Yeah, with the five-point possession from from uh, East Jackson that cut it to 18-14, he went back in front of the student section and made another one, and he he's a stud. He's a stud. And, and I agree with Brandon that he's probably our state's best basketball player. And, and all I have to say after that is what a great state of basketball when you have him leading the way with guys like Jared Harper and Drew Drennan and, and so many guys that I haven't mentioned. Like I was talking to Will Avery last night, and I, and I made that argument, and he said, uh, what's the guy, the 6'11 guy that plays with, uh, with Isaiah Kelly at pace? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm- Wendell Carter. 
yeah, you know, he brings up guys like that. And I'm, I said, well, I know I'm talking about little guards or, you know, guards, not the, not the 611 guys, but what a great state of uh, talent on this I-20 connection. Agreed. And you look at Gilbert, on top of him being able to create uh, the, the shots and the, and the buckets that he makes, you really see an opportunity for him to kind of bring along some of these other team members from Miller Grove, and they do their part in terms of being hungry, defending well, but also doing a good job of finishing like we saw there in that game the other night. When you look at uh, you know Tay Hardy, uh, you look at Aiden Saunders who came off the bench and was solid, Aaron Augustine, the former East Tennessee State commit who's uh, currently reopened his, his recruitment, but then also I think Colin Young had a pretty good game off of the bench there in game one. Colin was great. Laney transfer. Colin is a, is instant offense. He, he's a great shooter. And I was so impressed that he, you know, uh, to, to date myself, I, I'll say he, he got in where he fits in. Yeah. And, and, and he made, you know, he made a jumper at the beginning, but he did his work in the paint, on the boards, um, on both ends. Uh, I, I saw that it, he had 12 points and 10 rebounds. Most of his rebounds were on the offensive end. He's bigger and stronger and more athletic than I think almost everybody realizes. Yeah. He is a good 6'3". He's solid, and he's laney tough. Um, played for Buck Harris, and, and you can't play for him if you're not tough. And he proved it uh, the other night by, 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 by creating all 12 of those points and all 10 of those rebounds with sheer um, heart. And then... When he gets really comfortable and starts adding two or three three pointers and a couple little floaters, um, that that just makes the rich get richer at Miller Grove. And you and I talked about that in our last podcast about how you know obviously his scoring would make sure he's able to get in where he fits in in terms of getting some bump and some minutes there for Miller Grove. But you know we know he plays hard, but I wasn't expecting. The uh, him to eat glass the way I saw him eat glass in that first game, not because he couldn't do it, but I think a lot of times it's your setting. He didn't have to do that as much there with that Laney squad last year when you look at Brooks, Taylor, and Sod, and really they just did everything by committee, so you never knew who was going to do what in terms of rebounding and scoring because they could all do it, and it was all about the next man up. Here he's in a different setting. Uh, to where he's going to have to play more um, you know, on top of what he does on the perimeter, more inside in terms of rebounding, defending, and things of that nature. And I loved how he was able to make that transition and really was impressive on the inside with a couple meat and potatoes moves, finishing with an and one through contact. Yeah, he was great. And, and Brandon uh, had a great term for that play that they would do when they would uh, enter the ball from the top of the key to the post. And, I think he called it a straight line feed or something like that. It was a great little description. But uh, Colin uh, made a great little post move, and I've never once seen Colin post up. <laughs> but he's but he's a scorer. He's a scorer, so I can see him getting the ball close to the basket and putting putting it in the hoop, which he did. Um, uh, you know, to the tune of ten of his twelve points the other the other day. And you know, I, I'm trying to put together a little piece where I show. Um, there in the SUV TV broadcast last year of the Pebblebrook game, the Norcross game, uh, Colin did uh, make a difference on the offensive glass then yeah. too. So, so he really, it, it's such a great fit for, for him to move to Miller Grove because it's it's basically that's I look at Miller Grove as the Laney of Atlanta or of or of Georgia or of the national team. They play uh, they play like Laney and 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 they and so he fits in perfectly. That's good company to be in for both programs. Uh, you know, we talked about Autry Gilbert, 
uh, earlier uh, in in the podcast. Obviously, he signed his LOI, uh, his, his national letter of intent uh, for UConn. So signed, sealed, and delivered. The Huskies getting a great one. And I'm sure, uh, you know, Ricky Moore, he had to do a fist pump of some sort uh, once that fax came through. Yes, sir. Ricky Moore, my good friend from Augusta, he, um, you know, there's this awesome Facebook page called The Basketball Network, and they always put awesome old school stuff up. And they had Ray Allen scoring 40. No, Allen Iverson scoring 40 on Ray Allen on on their network yesterday. And I'm I'm working on something that answers it because the year after that, uh, Ricky Moore was the star and shut uh, Allen Iverson down for UConn. But that's another story, but I know he's happy to get Al, and and and, and they remind me so much of each other. Al is a Al Tariq Gilbert is a is a an exceptional scorer and 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 all that. Ricky Ricky could score the ball, but he was much more of a, a guy who made others better all the time uh, as as his major trait. But the toughness and the winning and all that, you know, they're, they they reflect each other perfectly. I can't wait to see him at UConn next year. Agreed. And I think when you look at that, some of the intangible elements, aside from what Gilbert can do with the ball, his ability to shoot it, the strength that he plays with, some of that, those intangibles in there that, you know, they might not show up in the box score, but you can appreciate a guy that never runs away from the moment. And I always joke about the fact that I'm not much of a poker player anyway, but I would hate to have to play poker against that guy. When you look at his face, you can't tell whether they're up 20, down 20, sunny outside, rainy outside. He's just very even-keeled, a cool customer that is always preparing for, uh, you know, doing what he needs to do for his team to win. And I think, you know, whether you look at a Kimball Walker or some of the guards like a Ben Gordon, Elamine that have been able to come through the UConn Husky ranks, guys that were able to get it done in crunch time, I think he's going to fit in very nicely uh, just when you look at his track record up to this point, but then the type of work he's going to put in in college. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we look at the you know the I-20 Hoops connection. Obviously, Augusta and Atlanta are a, a, a big portion of what we cover, but it's I-20 for a reason. A lot of key stops along the way. Morgan County being a primary stop when you you know you can't mention Laney really without mentioning Morgan County in terms of that rivalry um, and, and the matchups when those players go head-to-head. It's a, it's a very tangled web we weave in a good way when you talk about a lot of the different connections, players, coaches, and programs along I-20. Let's look at Morgan County, Chad. Yeah, um, so I saw online in the last couple of days that two players from Morgan County, Jalen Ingram and – I'm, I'm, I'm not recalling the first name of the shooting guard, left-handed shooting guard, whose last name is Brown. So Jalen Ingram and the shooting guard with the last name Brown signed with Florida Atlantic University, as we know, signing week was this week. And um, Florida Atlantic University is, is coached by Mike Curry, who is Augusta's most accomplished basketball player. He spent over a decade playing in the NBA, coached the Detroit Pistons, assisted Doug Collins at the 76ers. Now he's a Florida Atlantic head coach. Um, so those two guys sign on with Florida Atlantic. Also on the staff of Florida Atlantic is Charlemagne Gibbons, and he is. And did I, I got that name correct, right? The yes. Okay, good. And so and so they uh, so they joined their former coach. They joined their former teammate C.J. Terman, who was a Southern Stampeder with the likes of Ahmed Hill and guys like that. One of the Nike EYBL elite teams in the past several years. Um, so all those guys over at 
at uh, Florida Atlantic with with Mike Curry, Augusta's own, and then, but 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 more to the point, here is, is that rivalry that we talk about, and and so Laney, Morgan County, they they uh, between them in the last five years, they have two state championships, a runner-up, and eight Final Four appearances. Um, they meet on December fourth. At Laney, it's a rematch of an overtime thriller that Laney pulled out last year, and um, and and that's December fourth. And I've told you that I think that is the beginning of the best twenty-four hours of high school hoops in our in our state this season. What say you about that? It's hard to disagree there. Um, you know that matchup, the packed house, the talent involved. I think uh, it's hard to find a better table setter. When you look at that, and then on the other side of things with Nike Explosion or, or the basketball explosion there at Wheeler, that's also going to have some great matchups. Pace Academy playing Green Forest. Pebblebrook is in that one. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, Miller Grove's not in that one because they'll be up competing in the Chicago Elite Classic. But uh, a lot of those Nike programs, but just uh, aside from the shoe affiliation, just solid teams there in the state of Georgia converging at Wheeler there on that Saturday. I agree with you, man. That That is probably the best 24 hours of hoops aside from when the tournament time comes around that we'll have in Georgia for this season. Yeah, and, you know, we, we I-20 guys are going to embed ourselves in, right in the middle of that, so hopefully uh, hopefully everybody can, can enjoy it with us. The, the, the You mentioned, uh, let's get back to the pace uh, in the Pebblebrook in one second, but to finish out that December 4th matchup with Laney and Morgan County, um, named all those guys from Morgan County that, uh, that that have gone to Florida Atlantic, and then not to mention Tukey Brown, who's at Georgia Southern. Um, Laney had two guys uh, signed yesterday. I went to the ther- or to the to the assembly where uh, Zepp Jasper and Christian Keeling signed with College of Charleston and Charleston Southern, respectively, two Division One guards in the same backcourt, seniors who have combined to win seventy-seven games, Marcus. And, you know, so, so that's, what, 25.7 wins per season. And they've got a year left. Um, those guys, I'm going to make the argument on my on my AUGBball.com site soon that that those are the most, two, the, the most accomplished duo in our area since Ricky Moore and William Avery um, took Westside to the number nine uh, spot in the, in the nation. And, and there's even a roundabout way where you, you might be able to say that they – they could accomplish a little bit more because of the fact that they're in the same class and they pile up all those wins together. But, um, you know, they they headlined this Laney team, and we talked about it last week with the, 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 the backcourts and all that, the, this Laney team that is right there with the Miller Groves and the East Jacksons and the Pebble Brooks when it comes to great, great backcourts. Yeah, Charleston, a lot of good basketball going there with uh, Jasper. To, uh, Jasper's going to College of Charleston, killing Charleston Southern. I, I'd imagine they'll be playing. They'll find some time to, to get some good pickup in, even though they'll be at different universities. Uh, you well, know, well, you know, well, you know, they're already talking trash about whose team is good. They don't even know. I don't even think they know if they're on the schedule playing each other, but they think they're going to play each other, and they and they both <laughs> think gonna, they both think they're going to whip the other one. They were talking trash in the gym a few weeks ago. And I, and I I told them, you know, you guys are still teammates now. <laughs> right, right. Those guys say, I may play you, I may not, but if I do, it's over. 
yes, got to do it that way. Got to do it that way. But that pace game, you know, we talked about um, Wendell Carter earlier, so he'll be playing against doesn't Green Forest have a monster front line as well? Yeah, I mean, get getting off the bus, or as we like to call it, the airport test. Green Forest is always going to be tops when it comes to that, and not to say they don't have a good, um, you know, reflection on the court when they get on there, but just in terms of you know, there's always that that sizing up that occurs whether you're trying to or not when you see, uh, you know, when you see a team getting off the bus, and in, and in terms of Green Forest, you know, they they can make you do a double take when you look at Ike Obiagu. Victorino, just the size they have, and not to, not to mention the guards and the John Aguchi, uh and what he's able to do. But, Chad, I, I wanted to look at that schedule overall because I, I kind of went in and out in terms of the matchups. At, yeah. no, at noon there, you've got Jenkins High out of Savannah. They'll take on Lehigh out of Huntsville, Alabama. One defending thir- state champ. Defending state champ. Defending state champ, Jenkins. one yeah. uh, thirty uh, p.m., you've got Southwest Atlanta Christian Academy versus Johnson High. Out of Savannah, okay. 3 p.m. You've got Peachtree Ridge versus Kell and the Longhorns. 4:30. That's that Pace Academy versus Green Forest Christian matchup. Six o'clock. You've got Pebble Brook High School taking on St. Francis. Goodness gracious! Yeah, yeah. He. <laughs> <laughs> and then at 7:30, Wheeler High going to defend their home court against Walton. You talk about rivalry games. That is a very good rivalry game. There's a lot of talent that comes through. Uh, you know, throughout the day, but it's good to hold that 7:30 spot for the host Wheeler Wildcats and Walton. Those student sections, that's going to be a great battle on the court. But those two student sections are really going to put in work to try to sway, uh, you know, sway the outcome of the game either way. But talk about a great lineup! It's easy for us to say that'll be a great 24 hours in Georgia basketball. Yeah, you know, and and shame on me. I want to go on record right now. I've been talking about how. Tariq Gilbert is probably the best player in the state, and guys like Harper and Drennan and Keeling and Jasper, you know, naming all those names, and, I, and, and, and shame on me for not saying Kobe Simmons um, of St. Francis. So, so what, what a day of basketball. All I want to know is you're, you're broadcasting it so you can help me get in the gym, right? Oh, we got you, man. You already know, man. You you know you know you got a key to Hoop City in Atlanta, man. That's part of the I twenty Hoops connection perks, man. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Cool. Well, I can't wait. That's gonna be that's gonna be a blast. That day of games, uh, I'm I'm pretty speechless about that. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of great teams and a lot of great players playing basketball that day. And and, and obviously the one that I don't think I've said his name yet is, uh, in this episode is Isaiah Kelly at Pace who. Is an Augusta guy, six foot eight sophomore, um, who plays alongside of what six eleven junior Wendell Carter, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. So enough said. You you got to go ahead and get over there if you can make it out to Laney versus Morgan County. Is that one at Laney or at Morgan County, Chad? You know, it's at Laney. I, I've been thinking it's at Morgan County. So if I misspoke during the episode, that's uh, that's my fault. But it is definitely at Laney. They meet at Morgan County on. January 9th, if I'm not mistaken, um, for the return game. So, yeah, so check us out. We'll, we'll have that Laney-Morgan County matchup on there December 4th and in December 5th. Either hop on I-20, come back down to Atlanta and enjoy that uh, Wheeler Explosion showcase in person or catch it on SUV TV, joint coverage uh, between us and Augusta basketball. So we appreciate you joining us here on the I-20 Hoops Connection. Chad, any closing thoughts? Hey, I'll see you in the gym. That's what I tell the AUGBball.com, you know, uh, audience. I'll see you in the gym. 
That's exactly where we'll see you. Marcus Burnett, Chad Cook, signing off.